Welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. Today is Monday, August the 16th. Jordan and I are back in your life after a riveting week spent back at Kudzu Bluff. First full week. week. Wow, a lot. I forgot Redo how, that. Forgot restart, how to talk restart. there for a second. First full week spent at the bluff it's, i mean yeah we started on we went on monday didn't we left on monday after we talked about what we we're going to go do and uh got after it yeah but before that let's cover what we need to cover first things first new shows on outdoor channel uh the deer shows have officially started um and still if you haven't checked those out yet those are on outdoor channel but also as we spoke about in the past we're releasing new shows on youtube as well um television episodes that are now on youtube and what we're calling primo's originals which y'all have been asking for over and over and over again and we agreed that that was a great idea so we started doing it um i mean this is stuff from like the old old days so yeah that's that's good old haunts everybody that used to watch the stuff back when we were kids and if you're older than us back when you were younger uh good old memories of primo's days yeah. you know stuff that reminds me of back when i would go buy the dvd sit down there and watch it you know yeah Mm-hmm. From some of these are even back from like the old double stack VHS days. Mm-hmm. And the shows on YouTube, they are like we stated stated before. They are uh, shows that were from two years ago, mm-hmm. cotton mouth stuff and all yeah. that. And uh, we are releasing them on YouTube now, so everybody can see them for free. Everybody can see them. Um, if you could. Take some time out of your day. I'm talking 30 seconds to a minute and go to our page on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Give us a rating. Five stars if you feel like it. One if you're not feeling very generous. You know, do what you want. And uh, get write us a review. That it, it helps the podcast out. It helps more people find us. Some of y'all have already started jumping in on that, and it is much, much appreciated. Plus, I feel like we should say something about this Um Last week, we made a post about it. We finally broke the 1 million all-time download marker, which is nothing but a thank you to say to everyone out there that listens to it. So thank you all. As of since August, as of September, we will have been doing this podcast four years. And it's been a lot of trial and error. Probably more, more air than trial, especially Man. in the er, early days. Four solid years. 2017. Good gracious. Yeah. So that's that's the funny thing, too. I said, like, talking about error, like, the first platform that we had the podcast hosted on, we had to move platforms to another one to make it, I can't remember, compatible technology stuff that I don't understand. So those original episodes, they're still there. But we lost all our metrics from them. So when we actually crossed a million downloads, I don't know. It was before now. But now we've officially crossed it, so to speak. So big thank you to everybody that listens to us. And um, it's kind of crazy to think of that many. I mean, we're no Joe Rogan podcast that gets like a million a week. But it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's pretty neat. Um, one other thing. I have a list right here of things that we needed to talk about before we – oh, We've spoken about this before, but we had enough questions pop up, particularly last night because we had the Sunday airing on the Outdoor Channel show. There still remains some confusion about 
cottonmouth and kudzu and what you know this that and the other so question number one everyone was asking why in the world did y'all walk away from cottonmouth mm-hmm. so if you haven't heard yet or you didn't get a chance because i feel like we explained it pretty well in the episode why but um it's not like we just said the heck with cottonmouth we want somewhere else there was a lot more that went into it that made us we kind of had to leave (laughs) i mean the main reason is the mississippi river yeah getting flooded out every year and weren't able to hunt you know far as like we needed to and having to it was just a seemed like a reoccurring thing starting pretty often Mm -hmm. and uh we ran for the hills yeah it was like like don't get me wrong we every time it happened to high river we did our absolute best to document it but Mm -hmm. it's like i I heard us say it's like when we go out west for elk country it's like no matter how good a cameras we get it doesn't do it justice as to standing there and looking at it yourself yeah and that that last time that last flood that you know it devastated the south delta i mean we that cottonmouth hurt really big from that too yeah and uh you know it was just like wow these deer need a break yeah it was from a just from every angle it just didn't make sense because if y'all watch the show you realize we really didn't travel we started working in those we went to like kansas once a year but the rest of our season duck deer all that was at Cottonmouth. And when you're ha- having a property that's struggling that bad because of something out of your control, like the Mississippi River, you, you kind of have your hand forced to make yeah. a change. And another aspect of it, you know, turkey hunting's a big thing of what we do. And um, then again, it all relates back to the river. They're not really a huntable population of turkeys on Cottonmouth like it once was. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we never hunted turkeys there because it's been pretty much in dismay since the 2011 flood. Yeah. And uh, that's another aspect we have now that I'm super thankful for. Yeah. It's having kudzu and we have turkey hunting. It's kind of a like a give and take, like you said, because if y'all, there's not going to be really any duck footage in the in the new shows that are coming to outdoor channel now because yep. we didn't have any duck hunting opportunity but we're figuring that out and that's kind of that was kind of the i think kind of the allure of when we started doing cottonmouth is there was going to be different challenges and different things to to look at or a whole different angle of of seeing when you document an entire show from off of one property you know mm-hmm. so that's that's part of it what the transition to kudzu is going to be and i think what makes it interesting but again i feel like it was best to yin. address it on here yin and yang mm-hmm. there's always a positive there's always a negative no matter what you do mm-hmm. and uh the negative outweighed the positive as far as the last couple of years of cottonmouth as far as the river goes you know yeah so. but i don't want anyone thinking that we were just chasing greener pastures or you know any of that is (laughs) yeah i mean like look i think everybody can understand this like everybody has either heard of it or experienced the mississippi river floodplain hunting yeah you know like it is a special special area anywhere up and down that river uh, especially you start getting south of missouri yeah it does not in my opinion 
which everybody's got their own opinion. In my opinion, it does not get any better whitetail deer hunting in the world no. than the Mississippi River when it's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just special. I mean, but then you go back and you look at it, talking about yin and yang. Go look back at just some of the titles of our podcast episodes from Cottonmouth. How many of them are named like high-watered bucks or the river has no mercy? I mean, it's just that was the theme. Yeah. You know, it was the – I think all of what Cottonmouth was, I think it'll be the farther we get away from it and the farther we get, you know, we get more of a retrospective view of everything that happened while we were there. It was a very special time, and a calling it a special place is a it's a bit of an understatement. But and I've uh, we've both had people ask us, do we, you know, miss that place? Absolutely. Of course we do. I mean, that that was the – I t- I've said this before, but it's like if you grow up, I know for sure because I can speak firsthand of it. If you grow up as a hunter in the state of Mississippi, you either hear about hunting on the Mississippi River or in the Mississippi River Delta, or you dream about hunting in the Mississippi River Delta, or you're one of those that's fortunate enough to get to do it, to get to experience it. Mm-hmm. And I had never had the chance, other than duck hunting in the Delta some growing up, I'd never done any deer hunting to any extent. Uh, or any kind of really duck hunts except for when I would be invited as growing up yeah. until Cottonmouth. And so, yeah, the, the river will get in your blood if you're a hunter because it's so incredible. So, yes, we do miss that place. But another thing that you learn, the the older that I get, nothing lasts forever. Nope. Every, everything is, is going to change just because that's the way the world turns. That's the way life works. So, I figured that was worth addressing on this podcast because there just keeps so many questions keep bubbling up of why we left Cottonmouth. Yeah, and kudzu, I mean, it ain't it ain't been easy like getting a transition started. It's uh, I mean, you got to think about like if you are in a deer camp, our family farm, and it sells, or you, I don't know, decide to leave the camp. And you got to start over somewhere. Yeah. It is not easy to do that as far as, like, learning a place. Yeah. Like, it takes you years. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, it's it's a learning process. We're still learning kudzu, and we've talked about that. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, there's also been questions asked several times. Folks have sent it in. Do you think you will ever go back to Cottonmouth? I don't know. Yeah, I can I can say confidently as I sit here right now, I don't see us doing that anytime soon. Um, but I can't say a definite yes or a definite no. No, you don't ever know. No, I do. Uh, I I mean, we're gonna always find ourselves somewhere hunting on the river at some point or another, just because it's a special place. Yeah, and I mean, you'll see that in these upcoming shows. Mm-hmm. We made our way yeah. back down to the river. We hunted at Swamp Donkey last year, and it's a absolutely amazing place. Incredible. I think we're going back down there this season, aren't we? As far as I know, as yeah. long as the river holds. Yeah. So, yeah, um, if y'all are missing Cottonmouth, we miss it too, but I have an understanding that everything changes. And look, man, Kudzu... Kudzu offers its own unique set of challenges. It offers its own unique set of positives. And it's our aim to try our best to figure that out. Yeah. And yeah. I like it. That's the part I like most is the whole figuring planning, it out. planning process. <laughs> the planning and figuring and putting game plans together. And if it don't work, change it and then start it over again. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, before one more aspect to, uh, to get to before we get into the different subjects, I should say we've got different subjects to cover for today, is we have our embarrassment story of the week um, that I'll get to. First, well, this is an embarrassment story. Uh, Dale Bernard sent this in. I, this must have been, he must have been referring to, the only thing I can think is when we did that podcast with Jimmy about his elk hunt. Mm-hmm. And it was me, you, Troy, and Jimmy were all sitting in here, and Abby was in here, Jimmy's dog. Yeah. Apparently, Dale was walking with his wife outside, and he kept hearing a collar jingling, and he thought it was an actual dog. He said he kept spinning around in circles looking for a dog, <laughs> and his wife finally asked him, like, what are you doing? And then he realized it was on the podcast. It wasn't actually happening. He was just walking. He said he kept looking. He's like, I know I'm hearing a dog. Yeah, I eventually snapped that thing off halfway through that podcast. Yeah. Jimmy's dog has this little collar jingles pretty distinctively when she moves around, like, even at all. She doesn't even have to be walking. It just cling, 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 cling. But, um, okay, so embarrassment story of the week. I'm just going to read this one. This one, like I said, we've been sent in all these, like, different topics. This one isn't even quote-unquote hunting related, but still pretty interesting so i'm just going to read it you haven't you've not heard any of this one at all i know i talked to you about one of them earlier but this is a different one here we go embarrassment submission of the week here in the mississippi delta we have a good skunk habitat yes that's true and if that's not enough they are opportunistic feeders i have a cabinet shop in rural washington county we like pets i have always had a couple of cats around the shop for rodent control and I guess the guy's just, he just likes having some cats around his office. That's fine, I guess. Um, some years back, we were burning through the cat food. The shop smelled worse than any cats we'd ever had, and we figured out that we had a skunk problem. One day, one of the employees came, burst in the office and said, I saw it. And I, the guy asked, what are you talking about? The employee said, a skunk right beside me. It had come in the front overhead door, gone behind a stack of 15 sheets of plywood, and was standing on the edge, leaning against the wall of studs. Ooh. So now we have a skunk inside the building. The plywood was spaced out from the studs a few inches from the bottom. I shined a light in there, could see a little bit of the skunk, but didn't want to disturb it too much. Rightfully so. For obvious reasons. Don't disturb it. Especially, I mean, this is a... You try to keep from disturbing a skunk if you're outside. This I mean, is in this dude's office. When you got a skunk in the house, it's like calling the bomb squad. You got to be seriously, <laughs> seriously careful with this. It may explode at any second. So, here we go. Picking back up on this man's story. I then got a ladder, leaned it over the top of the plywood, shined a light down between the two by six studs, and there they were. Two black and white kitties curled together just as cute as you would want them so we're talking like tiny skunks baby skunks baby skunks uh this is you know he said i would be fine with seeing baby skunks if they were not inside my building we had a discussion on what to do several ideas were offered but none were guaranteed foolproof or scent proof i examined the situation and could see that the exterior metal tin would be protected by the studs and plywood I decided I would need to shoot them where they were. I did not have any weapon at work, but my wife's uncle and aunt lived around the corner from my shop. Two of her cousins, Lee and Russell, which were teenagers at the time, were home. I asked them if they had a shotgun and had some leftover dove loads. Um, When I told them 
when I told them they couldn't get the supplies to me fast enough with it, when he told them what was going on, I guess this promised to be the most excitement that Black Bayou Road had seen in a while. <laughs> I called my wife, and when she answered, I told her that I loved her. <laughs> says, I'm going in. Uh, she answered with, what have you done now? And when I told her what was going on, she tried to change my mind, but I was tired of playing with the skunks. I had one of the guys shine a, shine a light behind the plywood, and I fired the pump 870 shotgun. Clouds of dust rose and something else. The smell was terrible. We all <laughs> we all retreated outside, but finally had to go in to start cleanup. We put on, uh, you know those like, they're like, I guess there's like those face masks that you see painters wearing. They have like the little the gas the filters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, charcoal filters, all that, but they were not sufficient. The smell was absolutely horrible. We pulled the plywood away piece by piece, and it got worse. We finally removed everything and uh, drugged the plywood out of the shop. I could still see Lee and Russell doubled over laughing when the smell poured out of the building, but they were only there for the fun part. Uh, they retrieved the shotgun and headed home, so they just left this guy. <laughs> Ooh. I guess. I think know. everybody can relate to this because at some point everybody's ever dealt with a skunk. They're rough. I ain't never dealt with one inside a building. Mm. I don't know if shooting would have was exactly, but I don't know. What do you do if you're? I mean, the house I lived in at the community college I went to, we had skunks that lived up under that sucker. Ooh. And, uh, they would get it, I guess, get in a fight or something, and they'd spray, and Ugh. then the whole house would smell like it. It is not pleasant. No, it doesn't sound like a pleasant time. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if he did anything to keep that from happening in the future, but. There's no way to, I mean, like once they're in there, unless they just leave voluntarily, there ain't no way to get them out without them spraying. Yeah. So that's something like what? What else do you do? I mean, like you can if you try to poke them, they're probably gonna spray. They're gonna spray. You try to run them out, they're gonna spray. What well, I mean, there ain't no way to get rid of it. Mm. That's a smell that lingers forever too. Yeah, what's the old saying? You're supposed to like bathe in tomato juice. You ever something, got sprayed? Vinegar, tomato juice. I don't know. <sighs> just... No sir, no sir. Okay, so to the subject at hand. First things first, let's dis let's discuss what has gone on at Kudzu Bluff so far. So the objective last week was to start spraying and to start bush hogging. Yeah, and speaking of... Clearing this, roads. Uh, that We were talking about Brad was supposed to come up there and meet us too. <laughs> uh, we can give you a real quick update on that. Never saw Brad. Still ain't, haven't ain't seen, seen him. him yet. Haven't seen him. Where is he? I don't know. Hope he's okay. <laughs> Brad, if you hear us out there, we hope you're fine. We hope. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, we left Monday taking stuff up there and had intentions to start getting equipment ready. We found a spray rig in the bushes, pulled it out of the bushes, and that was probably the win of the week right there, I would say. Because that's, well, here's the thing. Let's frame this all back up. Because the original plan for Brad to be there is Brad's, Brad's Mr. Land Management Man. He's yeah. he's the pro. He's got all the stuff. So we were like, we meet Brad up there, we're going to be rocking and rolling. 
well brad couldn't make it and so we're like well we got to spray with something and so that spray rig like jordan's not lying when he says we dug this one out of the bushes or we found it like i don't know how long that thing had been there yeah i mean i'm just like type a and it's like if i got something on my mind like to do i'm gonna go do it if i can and so we got this sprayer rigged up to the tractor i try to spend it's got a pto driven pump on it so like if anybody's ever dealt with those they know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. like it's a feast or famine deal mm-hmm. and i got it out before you got up there that day mm-hmm. and uh i tried to spin the pump and it was locked up of course and i was like mm, this ain't starting out good but anyway i busted it loose got the housing off and luckily it was just like calcium build up in there it had it locked up yeah. so i got it spinning yeah i was like all right now we put water in this thing and see if it leaks yeah see if any of the hoses are cracked and luckily nothing leaked i could not believe that we had some clogs but we didn't have any leaks i thought for sure i was like some of these hoses are going to be dry rotted or something yeah i mean this thing's um, i guess it's been just in the shade so the weather didn't get to it terribly yeah but uh yeah, it, that was the win of the week right there. We got that thing hooked up and got it working and was able to spray. Yeah, that was that was small small victories number one. This is what Kudzu has been so far in this one week. It was all just like focus on the small victories, and eventually they'll add up. So we got the sprayer going. Only managed to lose one leg off of it, which we're now using a trailer jack to substitute <laughs> that. Kudzu was uh kudzu gives and it takes away it gave us the sprayer it took a spray leg and it also took a pair of my costa sunglasses that i've had for two weeks <laughs> because they're in your truck yeah so you we talked about your truck well i talked i said it briefly in like that that podcast i did with Brit, brent henderson i touched on it so yeah my truck got stolen probably a little over three weeks ago now and i'm in my truck a whole lot and so, yeah, my son, I'd had these pair of Costa Del Mar sunglasses I'd had for like seven years. So they were gone. So I went and bought another pair um, from Southern Bound Outdoors, our buddy Jeffrey over there. And uh, they lasted me about two weeks. And then I was clearing roads at Kudzu, and I went to meet you somewhere on the Ranger, and I went to put my sunglasses back on, and I realized, I mean, I had – a lanyard on i had those little sunglass keepers on i don't know how I, I, I have no idea like i went back and looked but yeah, yeah. they belong to kudzu now but we got stuff sprayed we got everything sprayed at kudzu and then the way kudzu set up we got a couple different properties that were all within 10 miles of each other so it's not like one continuous place mm-hmm. and uh we started there at the main place got it sprayed and then I got that done, and Brad was supposed to be up there the next day, so we were like, okay, we'll just wait till Brad gets here and spray all the rest of it with his ranger sprayer because it's a lot easier to go and do and faster. Faster. And uh, so we're like, all right, let's hook up the bush hog, get it all greased up, see if we can get the blades off of it, get them sharpened. And that's when the week fell apart. Yeah. We didn't fall, I, I, I refuse to say it fell apart because we still came out on we top. We had challenges. And that's when the several, that's again, we key in on small victories here. <laughs> Some of them really small, but still victories. 
Because, uh, yeah, that bush hog, again, like, I don't, it, however old that sprayer is that we're not currently using, that bush hog's about 10 years older. Yeah, it is <laughs> It is not a new purchase by any means. I'm thinking it's like an early 2000 model, 90s model maybe, maybe even older than that. Yeah. It's uh, it's seen a seen a seen a couple grass blades run through it. I know when I went up to the John Deere place to ask the guy about something about it, the guy at the counter looked at the specs on it and he said, "You're gonna have to go talk to this dude that's been here a lot longer than me because I've never even seen this model." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like it's old. It's old enough that it was made before they started putting stump jumpers on mm-hmm. bush hogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, how did it all start? I know I had to go find an impact yeah i had to go by an impact because there's no way to get these blades off without like some sure enough force yeah like they're like welded to the side under bars like they've been on there so long and just run through the ringer yeah and we thought we had a real slick way to get it picked up off the ground where we could work on it easily we didn't at all (laughs) yeah we had to do some maneuvering and set some blocks under it so we could crawl up under it and while it was 100 degrees and the ground was about 150 jordan and i were laying in the mississippi heat on slag gravel in the sun we couldn't wear the only place we could get it where we could get the bush hog up high enough where we could crawl under it was out exposed to the sun in that gravel but we made it work yeah we made it work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> went and bought a socket set and got back there and was like all right let's take these things off and of course didn't have a socket big enough so you had to make another trip go get a socket then mm-hmm. we finally got uh, the blades coming off and then the last one was a booger didn't want to come off at all and got the blades off and realized we're gonna have to buy new blades but we can make these get by for the time being maybe yeah. so i grinded on them things for like two hours trying to get them somewhat where they would cut uh, something with some force grass i mean yeah i mean they don't cut grass that good if you get anything above the stiffness of grass we're out of luck we ain't bush hogging anything else yeah so this t- this takes place over a whole day pretty much i mean this time consuming process and get all the gear oil checked and changed and put new in there and grease it up get the blades back on uh, back up all right let's see if this thing cut yeah which i mean like getting the blades off themselves was a process because that's like took me crawling under the under there spinning the blade to you you may all right i can see it now line it up and impact wrench get it off grind on it wd-40 everything so we can put it back on but we got it. We're like, all right, we're ready to roll. Yeah. Hook it up. PTO. I'll go, all right, I'm going to cut the yard because it's growed up too. Turn on PTO. Clutch starts free spinning. Mm-hmm. 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 That's when the problems really started. Yeah. Uh, if you know anything about a clutch, normally it's like a spring tightened deal. Well, this one's so old, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have spring. It's got one big nut on it that you got to, like, put a pipe wrench big as your thigh around to tighten up. <laughs> anyway, we tighten up on it. Can't ever get it apart. Try to get the bolts out of the PTO. I ain't got the right wrench to get to them good enough because there's a crossbar in the way. Of course, whoever is the engineer behind that bush hog, I want to find you and meet you. And... uh <laughs> 
anyway <laughs> next morning i go buy a tool set or open it in wrenches because yours got stolen with your truck there's everything yeah i got yeah and me i've probably lost all mine over the years yeah have to buy a new set about once a year because i leave them laying somewhere and walk off and don't think about it anymore my truck was just my excuse i was like yeah all my stuff's in my truck it's gone now probably really didn't even have any anyway no my toolbox was in there and i know there was some wrenches in there i don't know how many but you know um but we fought that clutch better part of the week yep and nobody had one a new one in stock so we decided we're gonna have to just rebuild this one hopefully get it going went and get the new um pads for it take it apart put them together crank it up it's still spinning we're like what the crap and (laughs) anyway take it apart like three or four times trying to get it right finally with a little bit of redneck ingenuity we get it rigged up where it is holding now for the time being for the time being it could break at any minute but i did cut the whole yard in one full food plot with the old blades with the old blades now we have new blades to put on tomorrow or next day whenever we go back Mm -hmm. and uh hopefully we can make it through this season yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see pray for us yeah but again like i said i know guys are always talking about they think we have like just all the best equipment in the world we just waltz in and go to hunting we still got i got all the roads cleared except for there's some left i got most roads cleared i'll leave it like that there's some roads that to be cleared they're accessible they're accessible (laughs) they're accessible we still got stands to hang we still got i mean like we still got a bunch of stuff to bush hog there's a lot left to be sprayed yeah there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot people are like man y'all just get to hunt all the time have a life part of lake and i's job we're not just cameramen we're shade tree mechanics, <laughs> food plot engineers, podcast, whatever this is. Yeah. What else we're do we do? We're a podcaster. Do Instagram stuff, uh, hang deer stands, make sure Jimmy has food in the refrigerator. That's like priority when he you find out he's coming. Like, got to get food even if he doesn't eat it or not so he can look in the refrigerator and say okay there's food there and just know that it's there yeah and just know that it's there or house cleaners yeah oh there's a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't get seen it's just part of (laughs) the many hats that are required of us to do to do this job we're utility infielders man but it makes it work and it it will pay off as i said it it will pay off because we did a we're getting such a earlier jump on it than we did last year so i think kudzu is going to get a lot fairer shake than it did the year prior yeah it's going to be ready um, we're going to make sure it's ready to go now whether deer cooperate or not do no we do need to put cameras out that is next pretty high on the priority list to start trying to figure out you know that cameras and yeah bunch of stuff and start checking stands uh that's a lot which everybody that's in a camp or has a hunting place understands, you know, everything that you got to do to even get ready to hunt. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it than just going out there, sitting in a deer stand, shooting a big deer every time you go. The thing we do have going for us is like uh, the thing, and when I know we've talked about this before, but folks are always asking, or they ask a lot, they bring up the Onyx thing, and they want to know how it applies directly if they are 
you know, they're like, dude, I don't hunt a lot of public land or I don't travel a lot. Well, we're already ahead to some degree because of stuff that we've marked on the Onyx prior in the last year at Kudzu. Yeah, I mean, this turkey season, I was marking deer stuff because mm-hmm. we knew we had to learn it. And there's no better way to learn a place like deer movement and stuff than when you're turkey hunting. That's a fact. It definitely, definitely helps. I was talking like stuff like that as far as being able to have, I mean, I think all the food plots that we have right now, unless we go establish some new ones, all the food plots we have in the place right now are already mapped out on Onyx. And you remember last year when we were marking places as we went, when we were planting yeah. it and disking and all that stuff? And just like a few weeks ago, I was putting together a seed order where what to be efficient on cost when you're ordering seed and all that you need to know kind of acreage you're dealing with mm-hmm. and that's a big thing i use it for is mapping out food plots because you can get it pretty dang close on satellite image like how many acres you have yeah. if you map take your time and map them out and then you can t- add up the totals of acreage that way you can divide your brassica um, blend per acre and know roughly i mean we've been getting it pretty dang close the last two or three years using mm-hmm. it that way yeah it just gets you that, and it makes you do it a lot faster. Yeah. So, again, I know that's a quick little tidbit, but folks are asking that a lot. And, and again, um, you can use the promo code PRIMOS20 and save 20% off an Onyx Hunt membership. I'm telling you, if you get an Onyx membership, you will. There's I've never I've never met a single person that got a membership to Onyx and then wished they hadn't. Yeah. And I've never had anyone go, ah, that, really, that really wasn't worth it. No, it's got... It's got features in there that that will help you be a better hunter. Yeah, hundred percent chance. Like no, that's not a sales pitch; it's just facts. No, know? it is. It's facts. Um, so we're gonna wrap this conversation up here today. There's honestly, we left some stuff out on the table, but today's thirty-three minutes and fifty-seven, fifty-eight, fifty-nine seconds. It's about all we got to hammer in today. So we're gonna wrap this up. Um, hope y'all enjoyed this conversation. We got plenty more exciting things from Kudzu upcoming. We've got exciting podcast episodes upcoming. Hope that y'all stick with us. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send them in. You can send them in to the Primos page, Minor Jordan's Instagram page. Uh, don't forget, send in your embarrassment stories. If you want to be featured, you can send those all in to Primos Hunting Podcast at gmail.com. And that's going to wrap us up. Thank y'all for listening to the Speak the Language podcast. <laughs>